comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Timeline. This is no time to argue about time. We don't have the time. What was I say? Episode 308. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Tonight's episode, I am Johnny Utah. So, was that a joke for one? <laughs> um, for those of you keeping track, for those of you who are concerned, we have not yet heard from Han Soto about being on the show. I know it's been a full week, but in your email, does, uh-huh. did you tell him that in addition to interviewing him, we also wanted him to be uh, a guest at RenconCon 2013? Uh, I did mention that. I said accommodations are pending, okay. i.e. this room. Right. But I just want to make sure that he's comfortable with that. So. Frank also, is, he'd have to go to work with you that one day. Yeah, because he ain't staying here alone. Hang out at the is. Starbucks. And then when you're done, you'd pick him up, and then you'd take him back to Rincon Con. Yeah. So is there a take your Han to work day <laughs> at, uh, at that the place you work? Uh, I guess I guess there will be. For those of you nice. that are confused, see last week's episode. Yeah. Um, what I would suggest is is get him a Starbucks before everything kicks off the day, your activities uh-huh. for the day, but keep him on a bus rope. Bus rope. Yeah, bus rope. I don't know what a bus rope is. You don't know what a bus rope is? What's never, a bus rope? I've never heard that term. Really? Really? Wow. Urban Dictionary. I mean, you, I understand. It's it's actually not dirty. Um, so I don't know if Urban Dictionary will have it. Um, you, I'm surprised uh, at. I'm not sure Brad. what bus rope means. Um, it's something that... Uh, is it the uh, rope Kids that... used to... No, it's, it's not that literal. Uh, back in the day, um, when a teacher used to take kids like on field trips... She would have this rope oh. with loops yeah. in the rope and every at various it. intervals, right. and the kids hung on to those loops. Gotcha. And so you literally had, it was like a mama duck walking her baby ducks. You had kids all in yep. a row, all holding on to the bus rope. I've we never should, heard of yeah. that. We should have a half-hour waste of rope. It's clever, <laughs> I thought. That I'm, I'm going to look one, up some images of, us can of lead bus the rope. other two around just for grins. Well, we have the half-hour waste of straight jackets. <laughs> have we... Uh, those um, are not selling well, by the way. No. Yeah, I well, they're I feel, hard. They're I feel hard bad to put on for investing you... that much money in them. I talked this into buying, you know, two thousand, thinking it would sell like right. hotcakes. Right. <sighs> Somehow we ended up with three thousand. I don't know where the other. Well, the came from. it wouldn't be that bad, but you know, we're having to store them at our houses. Yeah. So you know, and only like five come in a box because let's face it, you know, a straight jacket 
is not canvas. very compact. Well, thick the the canvas, canvas is very so thick. It's thick, exactly, and it's I mean, they're very stiff. You know, they're not they're not comfortable. Yes, and so I mean, it's it's almost like a it's almost like a, a rope you use for a lasso. It's 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 very stiff material, and so it doesn't collapse very well, and. You put them into these boxes, and you only get so many of them into a, into a box. You know, it's like a box size of a Foot Locker holds like right. five of them. Right. And we've got to store a thousand of them at each of our houses, and so you can see where the problem might be. Yeah. Now, I've been that storing mine in the poor, backyard. That was poor planning. Yeah, on my part. I've been storing mine in the backyard, which wouldn't be a problem if it hadn't been raining a lot recently. They're very heavy now. So yeah, I I, I just I took a look into a couple of the boxes, which just. The the bo- by the way uh, cardboard when it compliment rains Bill. heavily will he stop talking if Maybe. we do that compliment. cardboard just shreds see, see last week and show. you got little bits of cardboard okay. all over okay. the straight jackets okay. Bill you have the okay. biggest heart of all of us little mold sets in all right you know, and, and they smell weird but it's let's okay you can about, bleach them let's talk about the biggest geek news this year this year yeah J J Abrams officially announced well, by Disney. That he is directing the next Star Wars movie. You mean Rincon Con twenty thirteen, right? That's the second biggest news of the year. This I agree. J.J. Abrams directing Star Wars is the second biggest news. Let's of the keep year. this short and sweet. Excited? Yes. Frank. <laughs> Frank excited? <laughs> Are you an idiot? Yes. Of Bill? course I yes. am. Okay. Okay. Now, cool. Let, let's think so, of J.J. Um, Abrams' track record. So let's talk movies. about Point Break now. We've got <laughs> Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Into Darkness, which right. I can only assume will be will be good. Uh, Mission Impossible Three, mm-hmm. fairly entertaining, well constructed. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Cloverfield. Never saw it, but it looked I wasn't, intriguing. I wasn't thrilled with it. It had a nice. Um, no, no, no. I'm thinking. Wait a minute. Yeah. Cl- okay. I'm I'm confusing two movies in my head. Cloverfield. I wasn't thrilled with, but it was interesting enough visually that. You know, and his stories uh, are are entertaining. You know, his creative process is eight millimeter. JJ Abrams, yes, yeah, Super he Eight. Super, yes, he did Super Eight. That okay. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't Steven Spielberg. No, that was that was Abrams. That was uh, a love letter to you're Spielberg. You're exactly right, <laughs> and it's because of Super Eight. You know, and the love letter to that old feel uh-huh. that I really think that he may actually be able to pull off this new Star Wars movie. I I have no I have no concern that he won't do a good job. I'm just wondering if they're going to let him direct it with a different type of style in mind or are they going to stay t- tried and true to the Star Wars well, that we're used if you to? Think That's the about, huge question. If you think about the first 3 Star Wars movies, they all had their own feel to them. Mm-hmm. You know that and there were three different directors. We can only hope that this time around well, I was going to say we can only hope that we'll have three different directors, but I don't know. If J.J. Abrams wants to do all three, I might, depending on this first well, one, I might me, just say go for it. Uh, I, my my one concern about it, and again, I'm going to trust J.J. Abrams to do the right thing however somehow he does it, but how is Star Wars going to have a different vibe, a very different vibe than Star Trek? How is he going to separate these movies thematically and stylistically to the point where, you know, you don't go, oh, it's it's like 
Star Trek, only it's got C-3PO in it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on and, who his director of photography and, is. And even if it is. The, the story, uh, who writes that story. Yeah. I don't think J.J. Abrams is going to have anything to do with writing the story of Star Wars. I think it's already the screenplay's already being written. I, I believe you're probably right about and that. And I think he had a lot to do. He and Damon Lindelof had a lot to do with with the Star Trek script. So, plus I think, you know, the lady who runs Lucasfilm would, will not what, be afraid. Kathleen Kennedy? Yes, thank yeah. you. Will not be afraid to rein him in and say, look, this is starting to feel a little too much like your Star Trek. Let's yeah. try to remember we're in a Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and Abrams of, I mean, you generally have to wear a lot of hats to get where someone like Abrams is in this world. People are um, not wearing enough hats. That's right, and we need to come up with a committee to do that. But this is a guy who's, he, he, he has a lot, of, a lot of hats on his brain, which is a weird phrase. But you know that, that he has done theme music composition for a number of uh, uh, TV series. Um, he did the theme song for Fringe. Yeah. Et cetera. Uh, he did the theme music for Lost. And again, which wasn't it wasn't song right. so much as it was kind of a a tone. I could have written that theme song if I had hit my head hard enough yeah. on a steel bar. Yeah. So are are you thinking True. that? Uh, but they I mean, won't, he's, he's a writer. They, he's a producer. He's a director. He's a right. you know. So you don't think they'll they'll get John Williams to reprise oh, I, his role? They better. I hope so. How I could hope, they not? I hope no, J.J. No. Abrams was smart enough to go. I'm sorry, we have to because I know he likes his buddy Michael Giacchino or mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah. You have to have John Williams for Star Wars. You just have to. I would, yeah. I I would I would have to question if they went with someone else. Why why they would do that? If so. John Williams says, you know what, I'll pass. This is a new thing. It I could then, do that. It could do that. He too. could do that, and then I would be like, really? Do you have to pass? Well, okay, I get it. And so, you know, if John Williams like approves. "Quote unquote approves the guy that J.J. Mm. Abrams wants to take. Oh, I think Michael Giacchino or is going to do a great job. Then I then I might quit worrying about it. But yeah, you know, I don't want him to pass. But I he could. I don't think anybody has ever thought of. I think I'm the first person in the entire world to think. What if John Williams doesn't want to do Star Wars music anymore? Yeah, I mean that that could very well happen. I mean they could they could kind of go. You know, we need to go in a new direction, not. I mean, look at Spy- look look at the last Spider Man movie. They could just kind of go, hey, let's completely change things. I mean, the Clone Wars, those cartoons, while they're not for us, they, I, I, they do have a lot of popularity, and they are very different from the, those initial the initial Clone Wars. the The Jenny Tardowski stuff was amazing, amazing, yeah. and i I think the series itself is interesting. Uh, and I've seen an episode here and there, and and it still to this day blows me away that I cannot get Sarge to get hyped up about watching these things. I've I've literally turned the channel to him. I've rec- I've DVR'd him a few times. And I'll start playing him and say just he's just he's not captured by the Clone Wars, which is interesting to me. So yeah. um what you going to do? Um but if somebody like Giacchino did the music, he is enough of a chameleon. He has he has done so many different kinds of scores. Uh, really, the only thing I'd worry about with him is has he run out of good ideas? Because <laughs> right. I mean, he's done everything. I, I still think the, the greatest thing Giacchino ever did 
was the incredible soundtrack, which just is uh, much like Super 8 was a love letter to Steven Spielberg. Uh, the soundtrack to The Incredibles is a, an absolute love letter to John Barry, who did the music for most of the Bond, uh, Bond films. Um, and I just I, I could I could watch The Incredibles and close my eyes and be just fine. I mean, I just it is so good. Um, but does, nobody's heard any word. I'm going to assume, and it'll be quite a while before they get to the scoring process. But oh, that's a good point. They should have stars on 45 do it. <laughs> that would be sweet. That would be for a new age. Yes, that, that totally would be. But, that, it'd be. but it'd be stars yeah. on MP3. Well, that, that's if the new age is 1978, or uh, stars on 128 KBPS. KBTPS. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Stars on Flack. That's a that's a lossless Nothing format. But Star Wars. What about those crazy creatures on Star Wars? Please hey, let them look out. stay. Newsarama had an interesting article, and I want to run through it real quick. What if J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Wars like he rebooted Star Trek and right. had to recast? At this point, we don't Bring know it. if this is going to happen. We don't know if they're going to coax... Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford back in to play their old selves. Which is funny. I went to the IMDb page, and they are all rumored to be in it. Really? Just rumored. Okay, well, they have a list here, uh, uh, a top ten list of ten characters of who they think might work for characters we're already familiar with. Uh, for uh, Number ten, for Grand Moff Tarkin. They said either Daniel Craig or Christopher Walken. <laughs> well, this is not going to be a prequel. I, I Grand Moff Tarkin. This is an imaginary thing. This is, this is if they rebooted. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, if they, if if they, they redid rebooted, the Star Wars movie, you're right. Okay, if, we my know apologies. That this is Episode Seven, and we know so we know that Grand Moff Tarkin would not be in it because he's dead. Right. But if they okay. if he rebooted like he did Star yes. Trek, yes. Now you could get if they were doing that, you could get say Charlton Heston to play him. Yeah, yeah. One of their uh, or, things they said in this or Abraham Lincoln. You know, it doesn't really matter. One of the things <laughs> I said in this article here is not for have Christopher lines. Walken. He said, um, "Just play or do you, uh, say this line in your head with your best Christopher Walken impression." <laughs> You're far too trusting. Dan Tween is too remote to make an effective demonstration. But don't worry, we will deal with your rebel friends soon enough. For that reason, that was amazing. For that reason, Christopher Walken cannot be in this movie. Yeah, it would because be. it's it won't be Grand Moff Tarkin. It'll be Christopher Walken. <laughs> Grand Moff Walken. Yeah. God, how great would that be? It, it that would have to be a nobody. But he said Daniel Craig. You know, he's um he seems to be like he would have like uh just a the, the steely bad guy type of look. You know. Bond can be serious, and, and I don't know. They just think he was he would be good for the role. So, I mean, who knows? I, I, I can't think of an actor right off my, the bat, but it would I would want it to be an oldest English man, much yes. like the actor who played him, yeah. and, and a, kind of a no one who is, just can do smug very yep. well. You'd have um, Jonathan Price could do him. I like oh, who he they, may be too old by now. I like who <laughs> they picked for Lando Calrissian, Idris Elba. Yeah, that's he's becoming a uh, a default though. A default <laughs> what, character. What actor. movie is he not in these days? Yeah. He's, well, he's in. He's, I think Rim. he's like Samuel Jackson Jr. I think they may be related yeah. to each other. Um, he was. Um, 
He was in Thor. He yes. was Heimdall. Yeah. He was and in Prometheus. Was He's Prometheus, in pr- yes. pr- uh, Pacific Rim. Um, guys, it's got to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You think Will Smith? Will Smith, baby. That'd it's got to awesome. be Will that, Smith. That would. That, that's actually a, <laughs> an incredible idea. Yeah. Will Smith, come on. I don't care. He could do it. He's smooth. He's charismatic. He could. He that could be, may be the best <laughs> idea Frank's ever had. That's that's pretty awesome. I mean, but if we're going to stop there, or if, you know, if we're going to go ahead and go with an established actor, uh-huh. hell, let's get Matthew Perry to do Luke. You know, or better yet, uh, Jabba. Um, he hasn't aged well. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Emperor Palpatine. We get uh, Miss again? Alabama Catherine Webb to do Princess Leia. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> She's leggy. She's, who, wait, way. who is this? She's a looker. Catherine Webb. It's Google. AJ AJ McCarron's uh, girlfriend, the Miss Alabama. She was the one that Brent Musburger went, oh, all, yeah. went all gaga over at the no, uh, yeah, national championship we, game. Uh, we looked her up on her name, which I didn't get why that was such a big deal, the stuff Brent It said. wasn't a big deal. That was the whole point. <laughs> he said something extremely innocuous and flattering. Yeah, she's beautiful. Brad just pulled up a picture of her. No, I didn't. She's a, <laughs> she's a handsome woman. She's, no lo- she's a lovely lady. She's a handsome woman. That uh, Emperor Palpatine, they say, should be played by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Eh, let's give it to Sean Connery. Come on. No. Sean Connery. No, no. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is a um, is an obvious but solid choice. Um, I would say uh, maybe, uh, maybe Ben Linus could play him. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. Michael Emerson would he'd be. Need, maybe? He'd need to be a little older, I think. Well, if they're uh, rebooting. Well, I mean, he's got all that makeup on. He's under a hood. That's true. That's yeah. True. Basically, all he'd have to do is, is kind of the voice. Yeah. Speaking of voice only, for number seven, for C-3PO, they said... Wait, uh, Patrick Warburton. No, they said we he should does stick, every other voice. We Why should, should stick with a, a British accent and go with Eddie Izzard. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not familiar enough with his voice to know what he sounds like. Eddie Izzard is that dude. There's something really special about him. He is a complete oddball. Um, he, not so much anymore, um, he was known for, he's a comedian. Yes. First and foremost. And uh, he's got f- four or five comedy um, I've uh, seen concerts on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen parts of them. And I just think his storytelling is pretty amazing. He's yeah. more a storyteller. He's not a... You know, He's not Benny Goodman. He's not going to hit right. you with you know jokes, one-liners, and rim shots. I mean, he tells stories, and they they end up being really clever and really funny. He is a good performer. Um, he used to be known though uh, for wearing women's clothing and yeah. makeup. And the odd thing was that he, and for some reason, I I totally believe this, um, but he's completely heterosexual. He he is in no way. He in no way bats for his own team or on his own team or whatever. Um, he just enjoys the women's clothing. You know what? I guess what he if, listened to the Lumberjack song one too many times. Didn't what, he? If, what about like John Cleese? You know, he can do a very proper, and we're talking just voice, and he could do kind of a little hyper, little hyperness. I mean, even oh, uh, one of the Python guys. I could almost like see Eric, Eric Idle maybe. Yeah. Because Eric that, Idle's got that kind of nasally, kind of almost whiny tone. I would tone. completely go for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think John Cleese is, is too stately. Yeah. 
I would go for definitely go for Eric Idle. Yeah, Eric Idle maybe. Yeah, one of the Python guys because I think that that would be a nice connection. And I think Palin could pull it off too uh, if you were going for a tiny bit more of a comic angle. Yeah, not that Eric Idle. Eric Idle is extremely funny, but I think Palin is so funny. It's like Eric Clapton's guitar work. He's Palin is so funny around the edges. Yeah, sometimes you, you the, the humor literally sneaks up on you. You don't know you've you've been told a joke, you know, or, or given a punchline until you think about it. Here's another voice only one, and my first reaction to this was really. But hmm. then I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, that actually could work. Wait, it's R two D two and uh, the the my uh, microwave the oven is <laughs> yes, my dishwasher Commodore sixty four. <laughs> uh, no, Yoda. Okay. The Dame Judy Dench. No. Sorry. That was my first reaction was, why? Why change it? But then I think about what, and they even bring it up, like her her mentor-ness yes. when she plays um, M yes. in the Bond movies. You know, I can, I can see a female Yoda, which I don't think Yoda's gender matters one way or the other Wouldn't in the story. Me. It really doesn't. You got to move that phone away from the microphone. That's there. You go, buddy. The my first reaction was yours, like no, why? And then I thought, well, is Brad is Brad grown up? Is, <laughs> is he think is he actually opening his mind to a, a change in a beloved childhood thing? Why would that be a bad thing? I just I don't think her vocal quality suggests Yoda. Yoda needs to have an alien voice. I don't know how you could, you know, without. Resorting to audio trickery, I don't do, know how you can make her voice sound that alien. Do That's, you ha- do you have her talk eliminate, backwards too, like Yoda does? You mean I the would syntax? Think, yeah, yeah. I would think that's essential. Yeah, to Yoda. But and you know what? You make a very good point though. There would have to be some kind of processing on her voice. Yeah, because I just think she she sounds well, too knows? proper maybe, and British. Maybe she can do it herself. Who would have looked at Frank Oz and thought he could speak like that? You know, maybe Jody, Judy Dench. Jody Dench. Yeah. That's Jody Foster's <laughs> evil twin. Or I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw this God, out. Who would, who would be Yoda, Connery. though? Sean Connery could do a, a good... Mm-hmm. He's old enough. He's distinguished enough. He would have that The man you are now, dog. The man dog you <laughs> are now. <laughs> it you may suck, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, and I, I do like this one uh-huh. a lot. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Morgan Freeman. I'm fine with that. I think that's, I'm fine with that's that. pretty fine awesome, that. actually. I really dig that. Now, let's think of a white Caucasian equivalent. Hmm. Um, Gary Busey. <laughs> no? No. No. Not mentory you enough? You know, Sean Connery. Could also yes, do you're right. Yeah, I mean that could be his role right there. The thing is, I, I think that um, that Obi Wan's character there is a lot of humility in his being. You know, he just he's one of those that you know I don't care who gets the credit for it as long as it gets done. You know, to the point where he's willing to sacrifice himself to Darth Vader. You know, to to make things uh, to grease the wheels for the good guys. And I think Morgan Freeman could absolutely pull that off. Um, you know, now, if we're, if we're looking for a joke casting, then, yeah. I mean, hell, if we're looking for joke casting, I think Burt Reynolds should do it. Or <laughs> well, better Burt, yet, Burt Norm Reynolds Mac- should be... Or, no, Norm McDonald, Norm McDonald doing Burt Reynolds should be Obi-Wan. Yeah, Darth Vader. He was <laughs> doing Darth Vader. 
<laughs> you know, they in this article here they they mention um, Morgan Freeman's uh, role of Lucius Fox, and uh, there's a lot of I can I can kind of see some Ben Kenobi in that Lucius Fox. Yeah, role a little bit. So I, I actually, so far, this is the one I like the best. I think that would actually be a really cool choice. I like this one the best. Now this one's interesting, and not just because I used to watch Morgan Freeman on The Electric Company, and he was awesome. Number four on their list is Darth Vader, uh, Liam Neeson. This kind of means nothing yeah. to me because Darth Vader is a mask. He's a voice. Yeah. He's a voice. You know how I could absolutely see doing that is uh, Liam Schreiber. Yeah. I could hear his voice. Sabretooth and the yeah. voice of almost every HBO documentary ever made. It it needs to have that voice of God quality, and it just needs to sound just... Um, I think uh, Andre Brower would be an interesting okay. voice. Okay. Ooh, yeah. That's choice very good. For that, too. Yeah, I think this Liam Neeson one, while it's interesting on the surface, it doesn't make much sense at all. I think it's an obvious choice. Um, I, I think, okay... Um, let's all scatter shoot. Just give me the first name that comes to your mind. Uh, Liam Neeson. Well, he's I mean, he's regal, and he's got kind of the accent, and his voice is, is kind of a rich baritone. You know that, it's, that it's not. speech from Taken when he's on the phone? I, if, you, <laughs> if you do, you know, hurt her, I will find you, and I will kill you. You know, you can, you can argue that that would be the basis for his, his ser- the seriousness in that could float the seriousness of Darth Vader. But yeah. I think uh, Leah Schreiber has um, enough kind of sneer in his voice to pull that off. He, he yeah. could also uh, um, he could theoretically be uh, the emperor too. You know what? I just t- I know this is going back. Kenobi. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Hmm. You know, I when I look at Tom Hanks, even in a serious role, except for Forrest Gump. I think comedy. <laughs> I you think know what it, I mean? Yeah. If you could divorce Tom Hanks from every other movie you've ever seen him in, which is all of them, <laughs> then maybe it has. I mean, if Tom Hanks is a relative unknown, then I think that's that that would be a pretty decent choice just based on just the stats. He has but he has much that like, humility, he has that every man, but he is Tom Hanks. But much like uh, you know, having freaking Will Smith in this thing, you know, or Samuel Jackson, you know, I just I, I I never was able to look at Sam Jackson and not think don't, I hate these. You be talking about Mace Windu like that. I hate <laughs> these son of a gun bug creatures on the son of a gun desert, desert planet. planet. <laughs> you know, I I just I, I think he I was off, never able to I think he reconcile off a magnificent it. Magnificent waste Mace Windu. Yeah, I, even with lack of direction and yeah. flatness of some line delivery. You know, he is when Mace Windu. I, when I see Samuel Jackson now, even in movies that he made before Phantom Menace, he is to me. He is Mace Windu. And see, I have, I have always. It's it's like the Cat in the Pepe Le Pew cartoon. I just I wish that I could again divorce what I know about Samuel Jackson from the character of Mace Windu because I just I have never, I don't think I'll ever be able to look at him in, in that role and not immediately have my mind flash through the other 27 movies I can think of right off the top of my head that he's been in. And I just, for whatever reason, it it drags me out of the movie every time I see his face. And I have to go, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. He's playing a character. It's Samuel L. Jackson. But he's playing Mace Windu. Just deal with it. But yeah, I just, I think that was 
just truly unfortunate casting and i i never i never could figure out if it was stunt casting it was the highlight of the prequels for me there is no way that george lucas thought i've got to have this actor this one human is the only person that could play this role there had to have been some stunt casting involved in it i thought he um I thought the story was that he approached Lucas and wanted to be in the movies and begged for a part to be written. And for that him. would make sense. I, I'm almost certain that's what happened. I mean, if Samuel L. Jackson like was sleeping on Luke's front porch, it's like, I'm not freaking leaving <laughs> until you give me a part in the prequels. You know, if something like that happened, and Lucas said, "Look, dude, you're, look, you're good enough. You know, you're going to work for scale. <laughs> um, yes, okay, you can be Mace Windu. If if that's how it went down, I can live with it. If it was George Lucas going, there's nobody on this planet that can do Mace Windu except for Sammy Jackson. Um, I mean, personally, dude, I, you know, much like I, I have little little dreamy daydreams about what it would have been like if Ryan Philippe had been Anakin uh-huh. instead of the the one we got. Um, yeah, I have little daydreams about. Uh, another good quality actor. I mean, I, okay, Idris Elba. He would have been an awesome Mace Windu. Yeah, he would. I would have loved that. You know, and, and again, Samuel, he can act. He can absolutely emote. We've seen him do it a million times. And for whatever reason, I guess Lucas didn't want that. So number you know. three, Han Solo. Their two <laughs> choices would be, and I have preference. I have a preference of one: either Hugh Jackman or Michael Fassbender. Okay, Fassbender, yes. Hugh Jackman, it's the Sammy Jackson uh, yeah. theory. Too many other roles. No. You go Iron Man, Robert Downing Jr. for Han Solo. And that would be interesting, again, if I didn't think about him in Ally McBeal and Iron Man. And Doesn't matter. Sherlock That's Holmes. That's the man for it. And That's the man. He could do because it, but I would not be able to divorce my mind from him being everything else. I'd rather see Fassbender. As Han Solo. I, I, I just, I can, because I can see Robert Downey Jr. just being the cocky guy. Look, Robert knowing Downey what's Jr., going on. much like Michael Douglas, uh-huh. is the same character in every movie he plays. He is always Han Solo. Okay. <laughs> you're you're going to think I'm joking when I say this, and I seriously doubt you guys are going to give me any love on this at all. And I'm not joking when I say that I think a really interesting choice for Han Solo would be Ben Browder. I don't know who that is. From Farscape. Oh, okay. He was Crichton in Farscape. And uh, I think he could pull it off, and I'm I'm actually not joking about that. Okay. I think Hugh Jackman is just... So give me some love, HHW listeners. Wolverine to me, no matter what uh, he's going to be in. Hugh Jackman has a a good range. He is an actor. You know, he could play a lot of roles. Um, But that's so iconic to us. I think think I'd be okay with him being... Being he would be very good, and I, I think that this list is purposely throwing out A-list actors for name recognition. But for me, you know, with very few exceptions, uh, you you cannot have an actor that is just iconically known for another role in almost any of these roles. No, I agree. But of and these Fassbender two, would be yeah, the, the Fassbender would be a very interesting take. But I, I think that as long as he can do a, an uh, an American accent, the problem is that you need. You need a lovable scoundrel for this, and Fassbender has never been described as that. Yeah, but I think he he would he got close to being a scoundrel as David in Prometheus, as far as androids go. Yeah, uh, and he was he had some scoundrel uh, like qualities to him in X Men First Class, and he was and he was one of the Spartans in Three Hundred, who yeah. was you know 
pretty manly and macho like Han Solo yeah. thinks he is. I still think you need someone that... Um, I would agree. Uh, yeah, you... Robert you need someone Downey who who Jr. can you need someone who can wink at themselves. You need someone who's not afraid to be typecast as Han Solo for the rest of their career. Oh yeah, it's Robert what it, Downing Jr. It's Downey, not Downing. Uh, not I'm talking, talking about, about Downing. I'm talking about the no. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking number about, two, um, Princess Leia. You're talking about Robert Downing Jr., the guy you're you're trying to book on yeah. the show, right? He's, exactly. He's, uh, you expect to see him at RenCon Con too, and. Um, he will be discussing the uh, the legacy of uh, California Angels third baseman, <laughs> and that's an inside joke for the for the one baseball fan that listens to this show. So Princess Leia, Emma Stone, sold. Yeah, who Princess Leia is Emma Stone. Emma Stone. So we're not taking my Catherine Webb suggestion seriously then. No, Jess- I'm I'm completely sold on Emma Stone. Jessica Alba. Now what? Um, okay, that was a joke. That was a joke. People. Jessica Alba's a little too old. That was a joke. People. Uh, what about Selena Gomez, but just because of her hair? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Because she's a brunette. That's you can't have a Mexican play that role. Hey, Come what's on. up? Uh, hey, it's a princess uh, taco. Huh? Hey, would somebody get these walking carpet out of my way, please? Yeah, there you go. You I'm- know, I, um, <laughs> Emma, Emma Stone's a good choice. That's very well thought out. She would be cool. She's rapidly approaching oversaturation, though. Think I'm, of her in Zombieland, though. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that um, was very uh, self-assured like Leia is. I like that choice a lot, too. I think uh, I think that that would be a good choice. Better her than Kirsten Dunst. No offense. Now, what if they went... Um, and that was a Spider-Man joke. Do they... Did they keep her blonde? No. She doesn't have to She be. goes brunette? Yeah. I think she is a brunette. She's brunette, and she just dyed her hair blonde for... Yeah. Okay. And it worked like a charm. Yeah. Okay. I totally bought the, the whole blonde thing. Who's left on the list that we haven't talked about? Number one. We haven't it? talked about uh, C-3PO, have we? Yeah. Eddie Izzard. We did? Oh, that was Eddie Izzard. Number one, yeah. R2-D2? No, it's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Their two choices would be Anton Yelchin. Who was Chekhov in yes, uh, yes. the new Star Trek? Or Nicholas Hout, who was um, Hank. What's the guy who plays Beast? What's Beast's name in X Men? Hank McCoy. He was Hank McCoy in X Men First Class. Um. Oh my God! I just had a, a, an even better name. Uh, what was it? Oh, I'm disappointed in my my brain. I could see. I could actually see Anton Yelchin as. Luke Skywalker. Not so much Nicholas Halt, but Nick Anton Yelchin has this innocence yes. about him, you know, that is this wide eyed farm boy type of feel to him, which he displayed, I thought, admirably in uh Star Trek. He had a little bit of that in uh Terminator Salvation. He was mm-hmm. in that. Just he seems young enough and naive enough and just like I said that literally he's got like wide expression wide eyes big expressive eyes that i think really would would make for an interesting you know much like grand moff talking i think this needs to be someone we had not seen before i I would also agree with that this is the one place where i'm going to disagree with you guys maybe it's because i can't Mm -hmm. come up with another better name but once i thought of this i said yes this would be a great choice i I just i would like to see uh joseph gordon levitt do that 
it would make some sense because there's a lot of history with Abrams. But Levitt, Levitt could pull it off. You know, he, I could actually, he has been goofy at times. He I could, could play deep at times. I could go for that. Yeah, you guys might, saw Looper, right? Fabulous. Uh, I'm I'm 25 minutes into Looper. I've got it. Thanks to Redbox, I'm about to pay for a fourth night of it. So now why, it, it is, now be, why is that? For, why be is good. that Redbox's fault? I didn't say it was Redbox's fault. <laughs> you said you thanks gave them to credit. huh? You said thanks to well, no, thanks to Redbox, I've got the movie, uh-huh. and They're I just happened to have, four dollars. I just happened to have. I'm working on my fourth night of having it. Okay. I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Uh the first twenty five minutes were uh were stinking great. <laughs> the I still have a hard time with his Bruce Willis makeup, but I'm getting over it. The um Kali Bill, I'm having a hard time seeing that. Um by the way, I want to complain bitterly about Redbox. Can I do that? Do it. They don't let me return movies for four days. I could buy the thing. That is that their is Redbox's fault. fault. It is. Re- it just hit me. I had an epiphany. It is not my fault. It is Redbox's fault. No. Um, when you rent movies from Redbox, this is not an earth-shattering bit of news for anybody. But what? And I, I guess I, I'm answering my own question. I understand they want you to go out and purchase the thing from a Walmart or a Best Buy or a, uh, an Albertsons, or a whatever, or a you know a CVS drugstore, whatever. But the stupid rental versions of movies you get at Redbox make me insane. I, I, I will go a month between renting a movie from Redbox, and I think the reason why I end up renting a movie from Redbox is because, A, there's no Blockbuster around anymore, but, B, I forget that they put out those stupid, godforsaken rental versions of movies which have nothing but the movie on them. And, in fact, uh, uh, we rented uh, The Bourne Legacy uh, and Looper, so I've actually got two movies that I'm working on the fourth night for. That is awesome. Um, Bourne Legacy, by the way, not bad at all. Um, actually, uh, pretty good. Um, but it has some of the movies, just it's like, it's like play, chapters, you know, uh, subtitles and trailers, and that's it. And some of the DVDs have the extras menu, and then you go click on one of the extras, and then it puts it hits you with a pop up that says, "Those features are only available on the full you know version. To purchase, go to your local retailer or something." Wow. So you literally you go, dude, I want to see the I want to see the gag reel, or I want to see the you know the the making of uh, or whatever, and. It lets you go into the menu root into the menu tree and dive down some menus, but when you actually hit on you know click on something you want to watch, that's when it hits the pop up, and then I just throw up my hands and I want to like throw something at the TV. Unfortunately, I just bought the TV back in November. It still works, so it'd be uh, economic suicide to do so. So no, I just I internalize the anger, I bury it deep within inside me, and um, I feel healthier than I ever have. There's no way I'm going to uh, explode at some point. Yeah, that does. That happens a lot. Yeah, um, that doesn't happen when I do that to my tab. Yeah, I'm on my. Uh, this, See, this, quiet as a church mouse. This this static right here. Uh huh. Yes, that's my mouse touching my touchpad on my uh, computer. Mm-hmm. That's your mouse touching your touchpad. Sorry, that's my microphone touching the right. The, the, what uh, happens if mine touches it? Do it. Oh, look at that. That's kind of wild. We uh, we could loop that into a sweet house tune. 
<laughs> Ran out of breath. <laughs> All right, you had a, a a couple of talking points. Yes. Uh, um, I, I don't know if we're forty if, minutes into this program. I don't know if we want to play it. I we don't have to spend much time on this, but I do want this uh, to get out to the masses. Um, I sent a uh, link to uh, Brad not too long ago. Um, Brad, Brad loves Dave Grohl. I think Brad would marry Dave Grohl if Dave would have him. I love the Foo Fighters, of which Dave Grohl is a big part. Yes. Um, did you love Nirvana? Not particularly, no. Okay. Did you? Were you okay with them? Were they just yeah, I, okay? They're just all right? I danced to a few of their you songs. You understood that they they wrote some pretty compelling songs, but it wasn't really your I have never family. mind. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, Dave Grohl actually didn't drum on Bleach, so uh, don't bother picking that up then. Um but uh, he uh, he came out uh, and got himself with a band uh, in between Foo Fighters. By the way, they said they've written they've written the next Foo Fighters yes, album. It's a I matter of going into a studio and making it happen. I saw that so uh, you will uh, enjoy that. Brad. Um, in the interim, Dave Grohl is not a man who does much uh, sitting still, apparently, and he hooked up with a. Uh, uh, three piece from Washington D.C. named uh, "Red Gold Green." I think uh, it's the three words "Red Gold Green" with no vowels in it. Okay, is that and, what it was? I couldn't get yeah, that. So. They're a three piece uh, from Washington D.C. and uh, he apparently somehow he hooked up with them. He agreed to uh, uh, play drums with them, and uh, so I clicked on this. Uh, this is an article I found on the uh, website New Music Express. That's a uh, British uh, uh, music magazine. It's really awesome, by the way. Uh, NME.com, NewMusicExpress.com. And uh, you can go there and find this uh, this Dave Grohl tune. And I listened to it and was just kind of blown out of the water. It, uh, it feels... Uh, right. You know what Dave Grohl does. You know what he sounds like. And so I'm thinking... Okay, well, I'm going to listen to, uh, you know, this is going to sound like Nirvana or Queens of the Stone Age or, you know, something like that. It's going to sound like the Foo Fighters or, or heaven knows what. No, this is basically a uh, uh, a hip-hop tune. Um, but it doesn't have a very modern feel to it. In my humble opinion, and I don't know how many people out there are going to, are going to go with me on this little journey here, um, but to me it sounds... Uh, if there's anybody new that I uh, that I kind of compare them to, it's almost more kind of a little brother, uh, the band Little Brother, uh, hip hop band um, out of uh, they were Southern. I forget if it's Atlanta or what, um, but kind of a combination of that uh, and kind of the Native Tongues movement of the late '80s and early '90s. Uh, the hip hop groups coming out of New York City, your Diggable Planets, your uh, Tribe Called Quest, your Gang Stars, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, basically, it it's not. Uh, it's not uh, posing and uh, telling people how great you are. Uh, they they apparently don't have any self esteem issues, but the point of the music uh, is is kind of cool. I mean, it's not it's not heavy message like a lot of that native tongue stuff was, um, but it's it's not uh, misogynistic or overly crude or anything like that. There's there's nothing that would keep you from listening to music like this with. Uh, 
uh, mixed company, kids, whatever. If, you're, if your parents love hip-hop, you could share this with them. But basically, it's a hip-hop song, and I think it's freaking awesome. And uh, I would love to play it for you. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll drop it in a post or something. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll end the show with it. Awesome. I awesome. promise you, I'll end awesome. the show with it. That's really cool. You know what cool. I've decided? Yes. I'm glad, I'm glad you did this. The last couple of episodes I've ended with mm-hmm. something other than our traditional closed music. Cool. I think I'm going to go with that for a while if you guys are okay with that. I'm totally down with that. Okay. I, I like the freshness. I'm kind of in the experimenting with little different things. Hey, dude, two, it's 2013. So you got to let each of us have a pick. Like every week we end with a song. Well, I guess this is that my we pick like. then. Yeah. This will be his pick. Wait, okay. we can do that. But I don't want it to be dumb. No, it'll be fun. Okay. okay. Something we're digging. So okay. um, three weeks uh, from... That's a, that's a really good thing. It's something... It's a new track we're real passionate about. How, let's just do it simple I love like it. That. So uh, in three weeks, uh, be prepared to uh, go out with uh, some classic Pantera. <sighs> I'll think of something besides Pantera. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, uh, right now the track is uh, out on New Music Express. If you search NME or New Music Express and Dave Grohl and uh, Red Gold Green, uh, in fact, if you go to uh, Red Gold Green, it's rdgldgrn.com, redgoldgreen.com, no, no vowels, uh, you can download this track, uh, Million, Million Fans, what's the name of it? I am doing that. Yeah. Right now, actually. And I, it, it's made me crazy because I cannot click that link on my tab or my phone. I'm going to have to do it at home, and I will. Uh, the, Brad, they why have an EP. You download it and put it on our Dropbox. They, uh, they have an EP uh, that is going to be released on February 12th, by the way. And I don't know where these days you go to buy music in stores. I hope I don't have to make a trek to like Good Records or something. Well, I mean, no, that would be awesome. Um, I would love to make a road trip there. I mean, I've downloaded, like, I got Imagine Dragons not too long ago, their yeah. EP. And there's another EP I got recently. I mean, you, they still they release I mean, EPs with, like, four or five songs. I mean, says, call me nuts. I would like to go to a store and purchase a physical CD. You got to store it somewhere. You can, I've got you that. Can that. You can do that from Amazon. You can yeah. buy it from Amazon. In fact, Amazon yeah. has, that, has that new service where if you buy it and it's, I, I forget what it's called. It's like auto-ripped or something. Yeah. It may already be ripped on you, so you can buy the physical CD, yeah. and then your digital copy is there. So while you're oh. waiting for it to be shipped, huh. you can listen to your music. I've just downloaded it. I signed up for email. Cool. I confirmed and downloaded, and I'll, I'll put it in the Dropbox. Nice. That we, that we By um, the way, that is a free download, so we're not stealing RIAA. Okay? All right? Are we clear? Thank you. So yeah, check it out. It, it was sweet. Um, uh, I love the uh, uh, Dave's drumming is not what you'd expect. It's kind of sloppy and feels great. It's kind of loose, and uh, there's a killer guitar riff and a lovely Hammond organ that complements things in this track too. So uh, go get you some. It sounds kind of Jurassic Five ish almost in, in a way. Do you remember what what we when we started this show, Frank? What we talked about a lot. Yeah, let, let me think about this. It was um, those paper things with colored paper in it, and mm-hmm. there were like um, people who would save other people, and some of them would fly. Comic they had books. A, yeah, what? comic books. What? Uh, yeah, I remember that. All right, check this out. Let's get racist. Let's get racist. Come on, y'all. Let's get racist. Oh, it's that oh, time. Bring up an old chestnut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get racist. Woo! 
I'm we not, haven't been racist in a while. Yeah, I know. it feels good to get racist again, doesn't it? I'm just not comfortable with this <laughs> at all. You were comfortable back when we were half hour weekly. I have uh, I've become more enlightened <laughs> since then. You matured since then? Yes, I. Uh, I of course, a, we're not going to really be racist yes. for you, new listeners. What we're talking about? I are, voted for the Green Party in the previous election. <laughs> really um, awesome comics in stores today. Yeah, it's an acronym. So, Brad, what do we got? It's an what acronym. You, yeah. What oh, that makes it, that about? makes it all better then. What I does it stand for? My first new single issue comic book at the store last week. We had Titan Whoa. Comics. The first issue I've bought in over a year of a brand new comic book. Dark Horse. Hey, Brad. Hey, it's Brad, right? I, the last time I went in, he said, hey, Brad. And then he goes, it's Brad, right? Hey, I didn't want to call you by the wrong name. That's the owner of, of Titan Comics. I'm right town. here. My he, name's Jeremy. <laughs> I, I don't know, but, you know, you could make me an offer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. I don't know what I've been told, but big-legged woman ain't got no soul. Dark Horse, number one of four, The Answer. Whoa. By Mike Norton and Dennis Hopeless. Mike Norton is uh, created, credited uh, along with Dennis Hopeless as for, okay, it says story by Dennis Hopeless and Mike Norton, written by... Dennis Hopeless, art by Mike Norton. And I would like to... Uh, Mike Norton, creator of Gravity. Yep. And He didn't create Gravity. Gravity's been around mm-hmm. for billions of nope. years. He created the it. The dude with the what apple. A jerk trying to horn in on that action. The dude with in the fact, apple created Somewhere it. up there is my copy of it. And I'd, uh, I'd also like to mention that I think that Dennis Hopeless is the worst pen name of all time. Is it a pen name for? Hmm? Who's it a pen name for? For whoever Dennis Hopeless really is. Oh. Oh. Anyway, so, this is a, a superhero comic about a girl who works at a library. She loves puzzles. Yeah, apparently she's getting ready to call uh, the, uh, the the Xeno... Uh, who's it? Oh, my gosh, I'm failing. Um, she's going to call Pinhead up. Yes. Yes. It's, she's got this little round thing that she, she quickly solves a puzzle uh-huh. and it starts her on this adventure. Because she's a genius. And somewhere in, it's not a plot somewhere in the middle, it's overused. this hero called The Answer appears and starts to help her. And it's this guy in all black. He's got white gloves, white feet, and he's got a big old exclamation point on his face. Now, now uh, I'll be curious why this interested you because that cover itself turns me off. It, well, it looks dumb. I'm uh, I like, I'm dying to know why this one comic called you so hard you had to buy it and take it with you. It's because of, uh, other than it being Mike Norton, and I, mm-hmm. I really do, and I own, I'm a proud owner of an original piece of Mike Norton artwork okay. from Marvel Adventures Spider-Man. I did and not I know that. I have some autograph stuff of his yeah. in here somewhere. Um, but I like Mike Norton's artwork a lot. Okay. And uh, his Battle Pug webcomic is pretty awesome. Okay. And I'll be honest. I'm sorry, I've never heard of any of this. The the outfit that this this guy's wearing is just cool. It's just all black, white gloves, white feet, okay, and a big old white question mark on his face, and that's yes, it. Excellent. It's just yeah. simple. It just there's something about the simplicity that that has drawn me in. And uh, you know, there's a mystery in this first episode, uh, first issue. Why is it that we so easily interchange the word episode and issue? That's a great question. Let's call the them all epics. Um, it just, Frank, I can't explain it. It's just, I think knowing, having met Mike and knowing 
you know what he's done and kind of been following his career for a while, it's neat to know that he's kind of got his own thing with, you know, it's an own creator own deal. And that's interesting to me also, but seeing that, I, that costume just, it turns me on. I, I don't know really? why it's, you said it turns you off, but that for some reason, the simplicity of the big exclamation point on his face uh-huh. and that the guy's name is the answer. Uh-huh. I, know, I think it's, just, it's uh, the exclamation point is the only thing that just I don't care for. Yeah, everything I do. else for seems, some reason, seems cool. For some reason, I like it. It's just so bizarre. So you know? let's talk about the read itself. Then, what did you think of it? Story? Well, like I said, it was it was a um, a good mystery. I think Dennis Hopeless was credited for the words. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that he's he's credited for the words. But you know, knowing that that Mike and uh, you know that Mike had a lot to do with the actual creation of the story. Mm-hmm. It interests me. I mean, I, I like Mike. He's a good guy. You know, he's very kind, and um, I like his stuff so far. And his his artwork really works for me. I can remember. Um, and another I, another thing is that appeals to me is it's four issues. Oh, good. Okay. You know, it's a it's going to be a. They may come out with another mm-hmm. miniseries later, but still, just a. I'm I'm kind of into the small smaller complete stories as of late. The, the standalone graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. So it just, I don't know, it appeals to me. And it was a fun read, you know. I have We have no idea what the, this guy's <laughs> deal is. Um, with, uh, You know, Mike Norton, he, he has this reputation as not just being a solid artist, but being an artist you can depend on. Like, uh, I seem to remember hearing him on some interview show where it's like deadlines are very important to him. He respects them. And so, you know, that's why he gets a lot of work. Because, you know, uh, you know, we need a solid artist on this, and we need it in thirty days. Mike Norton. I like superheroes. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite genre of comic book. Is the superhero comic, and you know, this is obviously a superhero type story because it's a guy in a costume with an exclamation point on his face. It's just, it was a pleasant read. Um, I like puzzles, you know, and puzzles are a big deal to this girl, and the, so I can identify with the girl. So, are there puzzles that you have to that as a reader you can figure out on your own? Well, there is um, right in the middle. Um, she she solves the original Rubik's cube uh, pinhead summoning uh, thing, mm-hmm. and it turns out that it has merely opened her up to a world of more puzzles. And I'll leave yeah, so the reader to figure out how that happens, but. Uh, these are uh, some really interesting uh, logic puzzles, like what comes next. You know, follow. You know, cr- you know, figure out what the pattern is, kind of thing. Man, I used to, I used to love taking IQ tests in school, and I just, I'm serious. No, I did. No, I, I'm I enough you. of a weirdo that I really love taking those things, and I loved the the pattern recognition stuff. The, I love the you know the triangle with a circle in it followed by a blank you know yeah. what's what's the what's the the fourth thing in the series kind of stuff i ate that stuff up and there's uh basically four or five of those puzzles there and they're not they're not like you know cut these out and solve them on your own um and what bums me out is that uh, i i went ahead and i i did what i i think i solved one of them mm-hmm. and then i looked down uh to uh they show the, the four or five puzzles, and then underneath it, it shows her getting each one right, and it's a little inset mm-hmm. kind of, of of each of these puzzles. And I looked down to see if I'd gotten the one puzzle right that I that I looked at, uh-huh. and it didn't show. The little inset <laughs> didn't show that exact frame of the puzzle board, and it's like son of a gun. The, back now when I'll I was know. back when I was in high school, I used to work at a uh, 
bookstore chain called uh, Bookstop, which is now okay. it got absorbed by Barnes and Noble right. and stuff. But uh, we were doing occasionally we would have to do a night shift where we would stock books on the shelf overnight. This would be okay, you know, middle of the night. The store would close. We'd come in shelf. Oh yeah. So uh, one night we were taking our we were taking our midnight lunch, and uh, a company had just published a, an IQ test, and so me and two other guys decided that we were going to take it during our lunch break. We thought that'd be fun, so we uh, we sit down. It was a time test, so we set the timer and we start doing it, and we start to take the test, and we're writing down the answers. And this one guy, he always kind of considered himself the intellectual, you know, okay. very proud of himself. You know, he was taking the test and he was writing the answers down, writing the answers down, writing it. And then he stops and he looks at us, me and the other guy, yeah. and he notices that we took out a piece of paper and wrote the answers on it. He was writing the answers in the book, which he hadn't purchased. <laughs> and he was writing huh. them in pen. And then, you know, he stopped and he looked at us and he goes, well, I guess I've already failed the IQ test. <laughs> Because it did wow. not occur to him that, you know, we did not purchase this. We were just going to leap through it and answer the questions. What a dork butt. <laughs> what a complete dork butt. We never let him forget that. If you're listening, whoever you are, shame on you. Anyway, I, w- I would recommend. I mean, at that point, you might as well go ahead and take it to the bathroom and mark it. It's you called know? The Answer. He bought Dark it that, Horse that Comics. morning. He did? Yeah. That's good. Before he got fired for negligence or stealing. <laughs> So the, the answer, and it's yeah. the answer with an exclamation point. It's not just the answer. Right. It's the answer. You what, what else was on your list? You had a couple of um, points. Yes, I did. Uh, well, just some kind of Gennaro points. Uh, stuff coming up in, uh, in comics uh, uh, into 2013, uh, 2013. Um, I've got one point at the very end, uh, and I'll just I'll cherry pick a couple of these uh, before we get there. Um, a couple of things, uh, some books that Marvel is getting ready to chop. Apparently, it looks like Dark Avengers, Captain Marvel, and Winter Soldier are all going to be uh, going to be hitting the uh, their their heads are going to roll into the guillotine basket. Now, I didn't realize that Captain Marvel year. had even come back. Yeah, it Captain was- Marvel. The is the the girl, you know, is Ms. Marvel. That one's getting canned already. Apparently, oh, I um, yeah. I didn't even realize that they had brought Captain Marvel uh, back. Who was it? Uh, uh, Kelly, who was it? Sue DeConnick, Kelly DeConnick, Kelly Sue Kelly, DeConnick, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, she writes it, and I I bought the first two or three issues because I've always been a fan of the character Captain Marvel. Um, I just like the spacey stuff, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I've been looking for. Uh, um, I've been looking for some of the uh, the classic uh, '70s Captain Marvel run, um, and haven't really found them. I guess I'll have to wait for the next con or something. Now, j- just um, out of curiosity, but are, do you want to read that because you just it's just a goal to capture them, or do you have you read some and you thought they were good? No, I, I had um, I had some issues when I was a kid. Um, and I've still got a couple of issues. I think I found it at cons, but the uh, the beginning of the Captain Marvel run is is Gene Colan. I forget who writes it, and the end of the run is um, uh, gosh Pat Broderick and somebody else. But I really like the artwork, and and it, it became uh, Captain Marvel ended up hanging out with uh, Drax the Destroyer and 
uh, you know, a lot of the characters that Warlock hangs out with. And, and I thought it was uh, really interesting. The, the uh, reason why I ask is I, yes. I read, I've read some of those early 70s Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was bored to tears. Uh, that's, it, was, it was just not good. Yeah, I'm I'm that way with a lot of Silver Age stuff. And, of course, uh, Captain Marvel just started in 68, so mm-hmm. technically it was on the edge of the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. And I would have to read some of the earliest uh, issues, the ones where he was still wearing the green and red Cree Army uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that being uh, uh, dull, dull, deadly dull, um, in the words of Michael Palin. Um, but by the time he gets to his little red and blue spandexy uniform, I, I, I always had a, a minor issue with the whole thing. I, yeah, I clang my wristbands together and I trade places with Rick Jones because mm-hmm. who doesn't? You know, I mean that. Yeah, and that that aspect of his, well, it seemed kind of interesting. Jekyll Hyde. I mean, it's almost like a, a Hulk analog. You know, like one Absolutely. cannot exist with the other. They always have to be switching places. Yes. It, 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 but it was just boring to me. And I, sure. I, I think I think I, I read most of them through uh, the death of Captain Marvel. Yeah, which you, you know they they set up all the stories that that are important to to his death. And while the death episode issue was really good, all those other stories in the trade were just like. Oh. Well, I've got um, I've got that trade thanks to the Brad guy across the uh, the way from us, and uh, I've read it. And um, I'm not going to go regifted or anything, but I you know. Much like Brad was probably pretty okay with getting rid of it, I don't know that I'm going to be able to read it again just because it's not a whole lot of escapism. He dies of cancer. Yeah, it was pretty... Spoiler uh, alert. So, sorry. pretty hard to read. Yeah, and it just wasn't fun, you know. Uh, comics these days are so heavy, you don't always get fun. But um, but that was uh, uh, more than enough not fun. Um, okay, two more, uh, two more items. Um they're gonna uh, some some ads to the DC line. The from what I hear is the floundering DC line. Um, you're probably gonna see a bunch of characters that we've been looking for. Not Wally West. Sorry, sorry, Flash fans. Uh, we're stuck with uh, Barry Allen. But uh, they're talking about uh, getting Red Robin, Martian Manhunter, um, Brave and the Bold, and Superman slash Batman um, back into the Fifty Two here, which is a pretty cool idea. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to pick them up, except for the uh, Superman Batman book, if this happens. This is the little nugget um, that I was leading towards. Um, we don't know if it's been accepted. We don't know if there are plans afoot. We don't know if anything's been prepared yet. But Brian Hitch was offered a Batman Superman book in the New 52, written by Brad Meltzer. Oh, cool. Huh. Brad Meltzer and Brian Hitch, yeah, I'm there. So I, I really almost don't even care what they write. If they write Superman, Batman, even better. Segway to getting him on the show, Bill. I'd How's love that to. coming along? Yeah, it's uh, just like last week. Um, it's not <laughs> at this time. Now, so, um, if I know. get if I get Han Soto on here, do you, right. do you want to make bets as to whether I can get Han Soto on before Bill can get on? I, I think that's a that's a very <laughs> safe bet. <laughs> That's a very safe bet. Okay. Uh, um, Bill, you, no, really, actually, you really need to embrace this. Well, this is a good opportunity just I'm, to reach out to him. I'm mildly bummed out. Um, not that I got blown off or anything, but uh, when uh, the great Brad Meltzer uh, sent me that incredible Identity Crisis poster signed, 
by the way, which is now in a uh, in a frame in my house, uh, in a place of honor, uh, as it should be. Um, I emailed him back and said, "Hey, I got it. You know, sorry it took me a few weeks to to let you know that I got it. You know, I'm really happy with it. It's great to meet you. Blah blah blah." And I did not try to pitch the idea of him coming on the show in those emails. Um, and I realized that he's a very busy guy, and I doubt he has time to answer a bunch of emails from adoring fans. He had time to send you a, a poster. Yeah, he did. Uh, now, that was something that happened face-to-face, and he was uh, man enough to uh, to follow through on that promise. And, and not that I thought he wouldn't, uh, but it was still it was still a wonderful and very pleasant surprise uh, when it did show up. It's not that I, you know, again, not that I wasn't expecting it, but it's still, you know, wow, uh, a real major creator, you know, sent me something and personalized, and that's really cool. Um, and uh, when I met him in person, um, I gave him a piece of paper. I didn't have a business card with me or anything, and. Um, I did make the briefest mention of this little podcast we do, and on the slip of paper that I gave him that had my name and address on it, I also included um, the phrase Half Hour Wasted Podcast and the uh, HHWLED.com. And I just I spent like five seconds pimping that when I handed that piece of paper to him at the end of that day. And I would be very interested to find out if he, uh, if he ever had time to uh, uh, listen to our humble offering or not. See, I'll try. You should ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. Um, I will also suggest that everybody out there holds their breath because that'll be extremely productive. Dear Brad Melter, how are you? I am I fine. I am fine. <laughs> My name is Bill Mugano. We met a couple weeks ago. Hey, I have this podcast. Yeah. Would you like to do hey. a phone interview at hey. some point? Uh, talk about maybe this new 52, this new uh, Batman Superman rumored book honestly Thanks a lot bill if, if i could talk if i if we could have brad Meltzer on the phone it would not just be superman batman talk or identity crisis talk or justice league of america the tornadoes path talk i would want to talk to him about what he really does for a living which is historical fiction and of course i'd be i'd be glad to talk comic books um brad said uh, uh that he he would love to sit there and talk to me about his justice league run um but at the time I was talking to him, we were literally like 10 minutes from going up live. So um, so we had to end our conversation so he could, like, you know, do the show. Um, uh, but you know, he also, of course, uh, does the, uh, the great show on History Channel, Decoded, which I think is great fun. And it's a far more productive uh, uh, way to spend your time than watching, like, Ghost hunters, or Bigfoot hunters, or uh, monster hunters, or Monster Quest, or um, uh, Destination Truth, or any of those. Uh, he he dives into actual. How many his, more can you name? I I just ran out. Okay, that's why I stopped uh, earlier. You I could was... have complimented me and gotten me to stop far earlier than that. Okay. Uh, earlier, when you were talking about places to get mm-hmm. DVDs, yeah. I was laughing because you started going down this incredible, or no, places to rent Redbox movies. I, you can go to your CVS or to your Walmart or to your Target or to your Kroger or to your 7-Eleven. kind of my thing. Or to you your st- <laughs> well, and also, you know, okay, so I'm going into a list like that, and I'm waiting for you guys to compliment me like you did last week. And 
I'm it does becoming more it and more not. disillusioned every example into this list I get. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to string this out for a little while then, and uh, I'm going to try to call your bluff. And uh, you know what? I blinked first, okay? Fine. I said it. <laughs> it, 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 uh, uh, it hasn't been working, the compliment. So we got to find something else. You've complimented me this episode? <laughs> well, we tried. But Did I miss it? it? Was yeah. I talking over it? You were talking over it. Big surprise. Okay. Uh, any more tidbits? Uh, there are always tidbits. Uh, dude surfed a 100-foot wave uh, off the coast of Portugal uh, last week. Did he die? That's pretty awesome. No, he lived. That's awesome. Um, unlike Bodie in Point Break. <laughs> yeah, but he surfed out of an airplane, right? Yeah. And no, uh, no, for no, those no, of you who are wondering what... No, why, he surfed. He did surf away from Australia. He surfed away from Australia at the end of Point Break. And was never to be seen again. Until, of course, Point Break 2 is released. Um, it's got to be imminent. I mean, Keanu Reeves and... Uh, wow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be like Point Break 2. Uh, the next generation. No, it'll be like... It's going to have to be like... Much like Star Trek is not... Star, the second Star Trek movie is not Star Trek 2 Into Darkness. It's Star Trek Into Darkness. This would have to be Point Break at Bernie's. Or something. Point break at my arm off at, in, in your Bernie's. face. Huh? Well, well, because Patrick Swayze's not going to be a very fluid actor. Look, if as, we, as we all know Bodie. in that documentary ghost that he was in, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg could just bring him back. That's a good point. And Demi Moore will somehow be involved. Well, they could solve all this if uh, Keanu Reeves' character uh, finds him. But he's dead. And then they have some wacky hijinks where they've got to make, like, they've got to trade diamonds for, like, the femme fatale in the movie. But it's got to be Bodhi. So they end up having to, like, duct tape him to Keanu Reeves. And then Keanu Reeves has to pretend that, that you know, he's still alive. He's just not feeling well. And then they might have to get, you know, somebody else, like... <sighs> I don't know, Andrew McCarthy maybe to hold up the the other arm. Then uh, you know that show uh, everybody uh, or how I met how I met your mother, how I met Raymond. There was a, uh, an episode where they no, went it was to how a I convention. met two and a half Raymonds. That was it. <laughs> uh, um, how they met, um, or how they went to a convention devoted to a weekend at Bernie's, like a <laughs> comic like a All comic right. book convention, but it was devoted to nothing but. The whole um, so it was Bernie Con uh, series, huh? yeah, it was like Bernie Con. That's awesome. That's not going to be as good as Rincon Con, though. No. Rincon Con, Rincon Con. By the way, the the C in Con is capitalized. For those of you looking for it on the internet, it yeah. is case sensitive. So it don't is make the mistake R- I did. I N capital C O N capital C O N or is it? No, it's capital. It's, it's, it's only the last C is capital. Yeah, yeah. It's so Rincon, it's capital the R and Rincon. Capital Rincon. Uh-huh. Capital Con. Okay. Yeah. Is there a dash between Rincon and Con? No. No, or, dude. Sorry, I farted. Like Quick Trip. Yes. Is one word, but the T is capitalized. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Con. Rincon Con. So again, it's case sensitive. Mm-hmm. Don't make the mistake I did. And don't pay the price I paid for that mistake. Okay, people? We won't, Bill. Why is there cellophane on your end table there? Well, when I moved, 
uh, the movers wrapped this in cellophane because yeah. it, there were drawers, so the yeah. drawers okay. would come flying out. I kind of, I think, kind of think you should leave it that way. That's going to stay there for the indefinite future until one of my sisters visit okay. and insist I take it off. You make her take <laughs> her own cellophane off. And uh, by the way, this yeah. this table, little story behind it from Nancy, little Nancy, little Nancy gave it to you. Really, yeah. that's so. the story. Is that why and the drawers are it? all bound up? And I'm afraid to look them? in it. I, okay. I, I know you guys know uh, uh-huh. the decadence that is little Nancy. Yeah. And now that's not Lord fair. Knows what's little Nancy's in there. one of the sweetest things ever. <laughs> so what do you think <laughs> she put in as there? As far as I know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you obviously know yeah. her better than we yeah. do. So maybe there's some things you need to tell us when we sign off the air. Yeah. We'll we'll talk. In fact, we'll talk about that off the mm-hmm. air. Okay. You think she has like her wig collection in there or something? Oh, I think I a don't bunch, know. Bunch of bunch of stiletto heels. You know what? We could. Maybe? We could crack it open and see what's in there. I would like to do that. No, this would end. This is going to end up being another uh, Geraldo Rivera, yeah. Al Capone vault thing. We could open this up at Rincon Con. That's oh, like a time capsule. And then yes, time and capsule see, from Nancy and see what's in little idea. Nancy's cabinet. That's awesome. <laughs> that's even a better that's idea. Awesome. <laughs> let's get out of here. Oh, hey, I've got an idea. What? Um, we let's should do end? that. No, but also what we should do when you're at work. Uh-huh. This this week, uh-huh. steal Amy the girl's purse, uh-huh. and then we won't open that until Rincon Con, and then we'll open that and we'll see what's in it. <sighs> Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah, and I think you guys already know this. You don't mess around with Amy the girl. No, man. You- <laughs> I'm not scared of Amy the girl. Okay, then you are a very silly man because she will kill you yeah, but with see, her bare hands. Yeah, the problem is my card key won't get me in anymore. She so will you have to you. do it. You have to do it. She's it like can't Liam. be me. It has to be you. She's like no. Liam Neeson in Taken. He works across the cubicle hallway from her. I and I respect her privacy and her and her area. You don't mess oh, with Amy, the girl. Oh, I respect you so much, I refuse to steal her purse. <laughs> yes, exactly. Fine. <laughs> there's something You're about... You're no fun anymore. There's something about Amy, the girl, that that sends an unspoken message that you don't mess with Amy, the girl. You do not mess with Amy, it's the girl. It's kind of, a, kind of that, that, that crazy eye that says three words. Mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Yeah. She will destroy you. She used That's to. That's what I'm you. saying. What she I'm used saying. she literally used to scare me. <laughs> like but when And we when are I, and, and we're talking about a, a young lady who is sweet and and, and yeah. on the outside, but man, you get on her bad side. She used to hate me by her own admission. She couldn't stand me. She grew to love me as as everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> um but she literally, everyone, when she would lose her temper, she was frightening to be around. Yeah. I've been around that temper. That Tem- temper yeah. can knock your socks off, baby. All right. What you're about to hear as we sign out is, how, how do you, what is it, red, red? Red, gold, green. Red, gold, green. Okay. With no vowels. So, NME.com, uh, search for Dave Grohl and red, gold, green. So I will read that. Let me start reading it, and then you'll play the music. Okay, yep. right. Okay. Yep. Three, two, one. You've been listening to a half hour wasted. Proud member of the HHW no, wait a minute, LLD wait a podcast. Why do you have to count that down? Because I like to count down. I love okay. countdown. Three, you, don't have to, you don't have to edit it okay. out. The countdown Three, two, is, is so 2012. <laughs> Let's leave that behind as we embark on our new thing.
three, two, one. You've been listening to a half hour wasted. Proud member of the HHW. Podcast he did that on network. purpose. Don't whisper. Visit the show's website. Use yeah. your, use your okay. outside. Now voice. you don't have to okay. yell. Okay. Because you do have a microphone in front of you, but by the same token, it's not an invitation to whisper and okay. underdrive the speakers. That's underdriving a speaker is just as bad as overdriving a speaker. Got you. A so you want to middle drive a speaker. You want to just you want it's moderation. Everything in moderation. Three, two, okay? one. Three, two, one. You've been listening to Half Hour Wasted, proud member of the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Visit the show's website at halfhourwasted.com. And don't forget to visit the message boards at warrantforgeeks.com. Send your questions or comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com or you can drop us an individual email at bradfrank or bill at halfhourwasted.com. Brad, if they want a bumper sticker, send an email to halfhourwasted at gmail.com with your mailing address. Leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830 and until next week, I'm not going commando if that's what you're asking. I'm Brad. And three, two, one. I'm Frank. <laughs>